we are back. It's the Cat Name Mo Show. Six until eight. Johnny B, who was also invited to Spanish's wedding, with Spike and myself. <laughs> he and Will Coots will be following us. Uh, make sure you tune in for that. This is a surprise. This was a last-minute deal. It is my pleasure, and you know me, Jr. You know how I love to talk about music I come back to. But if I'm not, that means we got somebody hot on the phone. Oh, yeah. I have not one of the original members, but he was there for the most important part of this group. And I'm talking about the Eagles, and I'm talking about one Don Felder. Don, are you there, sir? I am absolutely here. It's beautiful Southern California day, and I cannot wait to get back down to Florida. You will be, Don, you will be back. Now, listen, I lived in Southern California, so uh, SoCal, and I've been in Florida most of my life. Uh, they are simpatico, uh, except when it comes to COVID, uh, when we stayed open and you guys kind of shut down. Uh, but we won't get into all of that. <laughs> we won't get all into that. Um, you are, my friend, coming down this Friday uh, to perform at 8 p.m. at the Bilheimer Capital Theater. We call it the Capital Theater in Clearwater, a fantastic venue. Uh, you'll be there, and you'll also be Sunday the 17th of April and Monday the 18th at Epcot, Walt Disney World, of course, uh, at the America Gardens uh, Theater, which is an open-air venue. Am I correct in that, sir? Let's get that out of the way first. That is exactly correct. The Epcot Center is a fantastic outdoor uh, venue. And I'm doing three shows there each night. Uh, and then we're doing the Clearwater show on the 15th. Uh, and that's just fantastic. I love that little theater down there, Capitol Theater. It's fantastic. we got a great rocking show. I've got some incredible musicians in my band. Some of the best top musicians literally around that have toured and played with everybody you can imagine. My bass player uh, has played with a guy named Richard Marks and a guy named Kenny Loggins, who I've written a bunch of songs with Kenny in the past. My drummer has played with more celebrities' names than I have, probably. Uh, he's played with a man called Rascal Flat. He's played with Cheryl Crow. He played with Little Big Town. He's played with Brad Paisley. And he was Keith Urban's drummer on road, on the tour, for six years. But Don. Just an Don, incredible Don, musician. But, but, but I, let me, I got my keyboard player. Don, let me stop you. You are Don Felder from the Eagles. It doesn't matter who you playing with, man. You're Don Felder no, from the Eagles. No, no, no. You've got more rock royalty in your blood than anybody you mention. They should be thanking you for allow, for you allowing them to play with you. Stop it. You're, you're, you're driving me nuts. Hey, I I'm glad that 20 bucks I gave you really uh, <laughs> my reputation. No, but these guys are not just your typical sidemen. These right. guys have incredible credits from playing the Kid Rock and Shannon Kesney, uh, Kenny Chesney and the Beach Boys. Right, right. These are the best absolute musicians. And, and I demand the best, to tell you the truth. We've been, I've been writing and recording these songs, you know, from back in the Eagles till today. So what people come out to hear has to be at an absolute peak performance. 
Every note, every vocal note, everything has to feel and sound amazing. And these guys sing, all sing unbelievably well, play great, and have a pedigree that just doesn't stop. Don, it, it Don, just Don, 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 warrants me, that, that level of playing and that level of music. Don, Don, let me, be able to present let, a great let me, show. Don, Don, let me stop you. You are Don Felder of the Eagles. You you co-wrote, if not spearheaded, Hotel California, one of the greatest rock epics of all time. You the reason, the reason I will say to you uncategorically that you are one of the most important figures in the Eagles history. And by the way, I watched all twenty nine hours of that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> outside, listen, uh, outside, there, there are, I always, and I'm a huge rock doc fan. Outside, there are two rock documentaries that I always cite as must see. Tom Petty is one, and the Eagles, you guys may have the grit because of. I mean, you pretty much went through it all. And when I say you, I'm talking about the band. It, 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 it's just such a fascinating story. But the reason that I will cite you as one of the most important members of the Eagles is because you were responsible, I believe, I say, in not only in your, in, in your guitar playing uh, when you replaced Bernie Leadon, uh, or Ledin, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, uh, but Ledin is correct. Ledin. Yeah, right. But 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 the the I mean, it was I and I understand that the Eagles what they were trying to do was go from a more uh, southern rock vibe to a to a to a an all out rock and roll band. I, your guitar playing, your your fretwork, your your relationship with. One of my favorite guys, Joe Walsh, I think was instrumental in establishing that band as a legitimate rock band from uh, their country rock leanings. I think without you and without the relationship you brought with Joe Walsh, I'm not saying that the Eagles still would not have been the Eagles, but the Eagles would not be the band we know. I mean, your Fred work is legendary. The inner, the interplay, one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite parts of the documentary was how fun it was for you and Joe Walsh to go back and forth on that on that guitar, uh, 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 that 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 guitar break uh, solo with Hotel California. Yeah, well, you know, we had done a bunch of that. Before we even joined the band, before Walsh was in the band. Right. Uh, I got together with Joe, and we played in Joe Walsh and Friends. We did, a, uh, I think, a Don Kirshner rock concert or something. And we uh, put together a show and went out and played, uh, uh, open for uh, Elton John at Dodger Stadium. And we just loved doing that, just playing off of each other. It was just so much on fun. And so when it came time to... to write songs and music for what was going to be the Hotel California record, I said, i got to come up with something that Joe and I can do this on. Right. And so I came up with this progression and made a demo and played the acoustic part that you hear at the intro and wrote and played the bass part on my demo. And I tried to simulate or emulate kind of what Joe and I would do. I'd play something like this. I know him well enough. He'd play something like this. And we've got to figure out some kind of harmony part. 
So anyway, we well, but but let me but let me ask you this: I, I don't want you to go too fast over. Uh, <clears throat> Hotel California wasn't a thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding of the documentary and what you said, Hotel Cal- California wasn't a thing. Um, Henley was inspired lyrically by the progressions that you were talking about. You guys gave him a cassette. Uh, a demo of chord progressions, and that begot what is now one of the greatest rock classics yes. of all time, correct? So basically, you were the architect of Hotel California. Well, thank you. That, I take that. You know, I'm going to have to go into a good haberdashery <laughs> and get a bigger size hat there. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Listen, You're swelling my head here. Listen, Don, I'm just calling it like I've read it, like I've watched it, like I've seen it, and like I in some ways know it. And, and I appreciate the humility yeah. on your part, but do, you do understand that, yeah, absolutely, in the pantheon of rock classics, Hotel California has to be in the top 20, and you were the architect. Well, thanks so much. I do appreciate that. You know, there's a – it just – things come together in amazing ways. Like that that group of of people were able to bring so much strength and depth to every part of the writing and recording and producing and playing, whether it was the vocal harmonies or the lyrics or – or the guitar parts or the sound that we made together was just, it was like an unbelievably magical combination. And I wanted to write something that Joe and I could do that trade-off and came up with that idea and made a demo and gave it to Don. And when I first joined the band, Bernie said, hey, if you want to write songs with Don and Glenn, don't write lyrics, don't write melodies, just give them music beds, give them progression. Oh, oh, that's interesting. uh, uh, The track. Yeah, and so that's exactly what I did. And uh, whether it was visions on one of these nights or uh, was, visions, uh, which you say, which you say, that was the that was the one song you sang lead on, correct? That, that's right. Yeah, and uh, or whatever it was, like uh, Joe played talk box, I played talk box, and I wanted to write a song for the long run that he and I played talk boxes together. So I came up with those shoes, which has harmony right. talk box, which is sort of like. Now, here's wow, the funny wow, story. Wow, 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 yes, yes. When we're writing songs for the Hotel California record, I came up with this heavy, hard, great rock track. And we went in, no lyrics, no melody, no nothing, and we cut it. Joe and I did it. It had harmony parts to it and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then we got to the end of, literally ran out of time in the studio for the long run to finish it, write the lyrics. We had a tour book. We just had to walk out and go get on a plane and fly out. And so we left this track there. And about, I don't know, two or three years later, I get a call from this movie director who wants me to come over and watch this movie and ask me to write a song for it. So I go over to, I don't know if it was Warner Brothers or Universal or wherever it was, and uh, sit in the screening room and watch this movie and I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was a an adult animated stoner movie. Heavy metal. <laughs> I, 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 I watched it in the That's theaters. Right. Heavy metal. I know it. <laughs> so I went, oh, okay, I'll go home and write something for this. And I remembered that track that didn't make it on to the long run because we ran out of time and it had these harmony guitar parts and it was like a really harder... It was probably too hard for the Eagles if you want to know the truth. <laughs> right. So I went, I, went, I went into the studio and we re-recorded it. But I was trying to get more of that Joe and I playoff 
on that long run record uh, on that track. And it right. just, it, we just ran out of time. We didn't have time to do it. So I re-recorded it and it became heavy metal. Let me, let me, a fantastic uh, movie, very underrated. I mean, it was a kind of ahead of its time. Um, let me ask you this. Give me one memory uh, because you've had a very storied career, uh, but give me one memory where you said to yourself, you looked out somewhere or you were somewhere and you said, this is rock and roll. Do you have one of those memories where maybe uh, I do? Go, was, go, uh, please. We were actually playing it, it, the, the lineup was Joe Walsh as a solo act, the Eagles, and then Elton John. Mm. So we went out after Joe and uh, we're standing on the stage at Wembley Stadium. There's 120,000 people from the back sides of this stage all the way out across the field, the soccer field. And it had three levels of tiers that kind of hung out over each other on the stadium. And I don't know if you've ever seen somebody on a baseball diamond or baseball field hit a bat. And then the further away you are, the longer it takes for the... The right. sound of the contact there. To read, right. so I'm standing on the stage, and we're we're playing something like "Already Gone" or whatnot, and the and the wave of people jumping up and down. You could see it as a wave going across this field and across those hanging out overhangs right there. And the overhangs were actually swaying like a wave. I went, "This is about as big as it gets right here." <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is this is rock and roll right here. Uh, listen, I tell you, I was at Woodstock. And Woodstock was the biggest rock and roll event in the history of America. And so I decided on my last record to write a song called American Rock and Roll that starts back at Woodstock and goes through the decades saluting the great artists that rose every decade to the top of the, the cream of the top, the top of the, the top of the music field. And so it was just my way of remembering Woodstock and experiencing it and seeing Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and San Carlos Santana, you know, all in one day. Right, it was right. just unbelievable. So uh, it, it, it turned out that it took, it took me a few more years to get to the place where I was standing on a stage for the crowd that was almost that big, but I don't think anything's ever been as big as Woodstock. I, I, listen, I can understand that and you can never, ever forget that. Tell people, I, and I have a couple of more questions on the other side of this, but I want to get in where you are and what you're doing. Uh, go ahead and tell people one more time, if you would, please. You're going to be at the clear where you're going to Absolutely. I'll, I'll go. I, listen. Yeah, I, I'm going to come. No, you go. Yeah, I'm going to be down in Clearwater at the Capitol Theater, a fantastically great small little place to play. Absolutely. I love playing these smaller venues, but. Because you play these big stadiums and these big sheds and people are sitting out on the lawn and they got to watch you on a screen on the side of the stage. And when you play these smaller theaters, people can come rushing up to the front of the stage at the last four or five songs for like Heartache Tonight, Fast Lane and, and Take It Easy and Hotel. And they can almost reach out and touch what they've heard for 45 years. You know, they're that close. Uh, so it's just a great night. We're going to be playing there on the 15th at the Clearwater Capitol Theater. And then we're going to go over and play Epcot on the 17th and 18th. And, 18th. and that's just a, a great, fun place to, to come see some music. And, and again, and, uh, I was going yeah. to say this. And again, 
much like when Ringo Starr would take out his traveling all-stars, which were top-tier musicians all in their own right, you're doing the same thing. You you gave the names. Uh, you're going to be out there with top-tier musicians. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be an event. I mean, this is going to be an event. Uh, you're seeing one of the most important eagles out there in an intimate setting. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, and I and I'm asking you this because you can probably. It was one of the most vexing things for me about the Eagles documentary. And and because you were there, you can probably shed some light on it. And probably no one else would care about this. It's 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 so it's 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 such a uh, it's just such a small uh, aspect of the documentary. But take it to the limit. One of my all time favorite Eagle songs. Why was why was Meisner so reticent? to sing that song live. Did you ever have a conversation with him or were you ever privy to overhearing what it was? Because I re- one of the most interesting, one of the most interesting parts of that documentary was when Don Henley and I, and I, and I heard him and I respected this because I'm not a fan of bands that will have a hit early on and then we'll get tired of it and then we'll regret it. And, and it's kind of like, well, but oh, Don said to him, listen, these people have saved up for a year to come out to this concert and to see you, to, to, to hear these songs. Uh, you it, you owe it to them. And I'm paraphrasing here or there. But do you can you give me any insight into why he was so reticent to sing such a beautiful song that he wrote? Yes. If you go and put on that record and get towards the end where it builds up and up and up, and he starts singing higher and right. higher and higher, he gets to a point where it's almost inhumanly high to sing those songs that high every night perfectly. And the only person I ever saw do it was Roy Orbison. And Roy opened for us, and he would go out on stage and sing crying, and it would build and build and build, and he hit those high notes at the end of it, and the crowd would just go, yeah! <laughs> all right. They were all, well, that's our cue. We're on in 15 minutes. It was like our alarm. When we heard the crowd cheer, we knew exactly what was happening. Roy could do that. His voice was that strong. Tom Jones has an incredibly strong voice. Randy Meisner had a very unique, high-piercing voice. Right. And in the studio, when he could take his time, take a break, go, you can go sing that stuff. But to go out there every night, and if you've got a sore throat, you've been having a little bit too much to drink right. or cigarettes or something on the road, it's hard. And he did not want to go out when he was feeling bad in the throat and, and fall on his face. If you know what I mean, I understand. It's been but, a huge embarrassment. But now, let me ask that's, you then. So that's why he refused? So, whose side do you fall on in that in that uh, discussion? Are you, so you 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 would well, agree I, with Meisner saying I'm not going to sing this, or would do you understand no. uh, Fry's point and like, hey man, these people they want to hear it. Yes, I, I I agree with both, and here's why. Uh, people do expect to hear that, and they want to hear that high note like every night that Roy Orbison can do it. But if you can't do it and you don't feel you have the confidence in your voice, you go back to the dressing room with a acoustic guitar, and you try it, ah, 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 and it's just not there. <laughs> right, 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 right. You can't go out on stage. You can't go out on stage and do that. And that's what Randy was trying to tell him. Now, okay. what we should have done if we had been smart and Heaven knows we weren't smart about a lot of decisions we made back then. Oh, I can't wait but, to hear uh, this. What should you do? Smart, 
we would have worked the end of that up so that when he had a weaker voice, we would uh, rephrase the the melody that he sang. Okay. That he wouldn't have to sing those super high notes at the end right, if he right. didn't feel comfortable. He'd be glad to sing the whole song, and he could send notes at the end of it that would kind of get there, but it would not necessarily be high. But, the other thing uh, is Don Henley had an incredibly high voice and could probably sing those notes every night because he's singing all the songs every night, right? Right. Top to bottom. So he had a really strong voice. We could have said, okay, Don, when it gets to the end where it gets that really high part, you jump in and sing that part, right? I, got I mean, you. it would have been taking something away. From, we, we should have found another way to be able to perform that that made everybody happy. But 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 you guys were maybe not unified uh, mentally and and, 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 and and in the same space at that point to, to say, to make that uh, wise of the choice or decision. <laughs> Exactly right. You're exactly right. Anyway, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you get the well, chance to come out to the show. Listen, I'm and I'm going to plug it. I'm going to plug it guess. more. Give me one. Let me ask you one more question. One more question. Whose solo career did you like better, okay. Henley's or Fry's? I like them both, and I, and I don't say that uh, you know just to be kind to both. Uh, previous members. I like the way Don's records came out because it was really showed Don's writing and it right, showed right. vocals and stuff. And I love the way Glenn was more R&B and he's got a lot more kind of soul on Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. Process. They, they got to show their individual colors and I like both of them to tell you the truth. Mr. So I, I can't say that I like Mr. Felder, Mr. Felder, this is why you were the most important eagle ever in that lineup. And I will stand by that assessment. Uh, I, I've I've been in radio a long time, and I've talked to a lot of people, and it and and it always it always humbles me when I talk to somebody that's done the work, that has earned the accolades, that has earned their place and their legacy. And you are one of those cats, and I will make sure that I talk about your show uh, that I know is going to be fantastic. I have a six-month-old. I don't know if I'll be able to make it out there. <laughs> uh, and I, <laughs> but but, well, but you can bring the six-month-old with a pasta yeah. or a bottle of uh, earplugs. Yeah. Listen, I will say this: people need to understand this, and you and you'll corroborate it. Then I'm going to let you go. Uh, you're not going to give them any less. Uh, in at the Capitol Theater, than you gave uh, as a member of the Eagles, as the most important member of the Eagles, um, uh, in in front of uh, hundreds of thousands, and and that's the mark of your musicianship and 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 your your persona. Look, I, I fell in love with music when I was ten years old, and all I wanted to do my whole life was play music. I didn't care about the money, I didn't care about the fame, I didn't care about any of that stuff. I didn't care about the women. No, wait a minute, I tell you, this <laughs> I cared about the women. All right, all right, walking back now. <laughs> but that's not why I was doing it. I, I don't have to go out. I don't have to go out and make another dollar. Right. I, I right. love to go out, and I'll put up with the hotels and the buses and the planes and all that stuff. Because I love to play for people and make them happy. That's my job in life: is to make people happy, and that makes me happy. So I guarantee everybody that comes out the show will be very happy that they did. And, I, and I'm going to keep reiterating that. I know I kept you longer than you probably uh, anticipated, and I appreciate every moment moment of it. Uh, I am humbled. Uh, uh, God bless you, uh, sir, and uh, and and stay safe out there, and and keep on rocking in the free world, brother. 
will see you at the show, my friend. Oh, man, now I might have to go. All right, Don, I'll holla at you later, brother. Thank you again. That's Don Felder right there with the Cat Named Mo Show. We'll be back. It's a cat named Mo on 102.5 The Bone.